Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are flummoxed from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Oh, Vargo, you were so young. I can't believe we lost you so early. You were just... You burned so bright, but burned so fast. I'm gonna miss you, Vargas. Vargo. 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 Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna miss you, man. It's. Uh. It's been way too long since we came by to see you. Why'd you have to go and die, dude? Do you um. Do you remember all the cool things we did with uh. With Vargo. With Vargo. Yeah, we went. Uh. Remember when we built that tree house in the uh in the tree that ended up being alive aren't all trees alive yeah but i mean like living like like a n from the from the king of the rings movie lord of the rings oh oh yeah it was uh it had arms and it started pulling the boards we used out and grabbed vargo by the hair and pulled him out too uh you remember that right blue oh yeah he he really did that i mean Honestly, it was kind of unethical to put wooden planks onto a living tree. I mean, that would be like making an animal wear a fur coat. So maybe Virgo kind of deserved it. And that's what we told him. You know, we were like, oh, Vargo, you know, you shouldn't have done that, you rascal, you. Is the lady even looking at us? She's looking right at us. Sebastian, ham it up. Start crying. Oh, Vargo, you burned so bright and so fast. You already said that. <laughs> that doesn't make it any less true. He was taken too soon from us by... What does the grave say? He died from... Being lit on fire? Ooh, yikes. Maybe cool it with the burning bright thing. Wait, I didn't know that's how he died. Kinda disrespectful, bro. I didn't know! Next week, Monday, July 11th. Cast Party is officially expanding. Our brand new off-week miniseries, Fables of Fendrea, Arcanum, will be releasing its very first episode right here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Fables of Fendrea Arcanum takes place 100 years prior to the Cast Party campaign in our very own homebrew world of Fendrea, as new cast and crew members live through past historical Fendrean events. Our first miniseries will follow the rise of the Arcanum and its wake of destruction, all told through the eyes of a new director. If you'd like to meet our new players and characters early, you can see them in action over on Patreon. All Cast Party patrons of any tier will be receiving our prequel test one-shot that sets up our story, which is available right now. And don't worry, you don't need to listen to the episode to understand where the story picks up. This is just some extra exclusive bonus content for those who would like to support the show, now and in the future. Patreon.com slash CastParty to jump right into the adventure early, and receive all sorts of exclusive bonus goodies like behind-the-scenes info for every Cast Party episode, hilarious monthly one-shots, and an invite to our community Discord, where we host live listening parties, community-run games, hangouts, live streams, game nights, and so much more. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the brand new series. And hey, if you're enjoying Cast Party, leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you may be listening on. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus, and I will be your director for today. I'm joined by my searching cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo at heart musician who had the chance to open up for Paramore once in his pop punk band Get Stoked, but sadly had to cancel at the last second. The night before, during rehearsals, in order to impress Haley Williams, he had been practicing his pop punk jump kicks with his guitar. He got a little too ambitious, got on top of the drummer's kick drum, and leaped off of it for some extra air. Not taking into account that he was practicing in his parents' garage, he hit his head off the fluorescent lights hanging from the ceiling, ruining his jump, and cracking one of his ribs upon landing on the concrete floor. Talk about misery business. Oh my Stop. god. Boo this man. Oh my god. Oh my god, you did not just say that. So mad. Anna Brisbane. Blueberry Sky, elven druid actress trying to save the world through art who took a wood carving class when she was 15 until she heard that plants scream when they're cut down. So she interpreted that as plants feel pain. So she went on a huge tirade in the class about how immoral it was and she stormed out. And then she eventually learned that plants don't feel pain like humans or animals. It's just that when stressed, there are certain plants that apparently produce an ultrasonic sound, possibly for communication to other organisms that danger is near, but she never returned to her wood carving class out of embarrassment. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I just learned something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not not all of them that we know of, but research showed that some do. So anytime I cut down a plant now, I have to wonder, is this one of the ones? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Tobacco plants and tomato plants were the ones that they were studying. We have Nigel Deacon. Greetings, travelers. Xander Gucci Supreme, who post WikiFeet stardom and pre Fendrea lost one of his middle toes in a 127 hours style incident. He cannot elaborate. 
but I really want him to. Can you elaborate? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, what's 127 hours? What? Colin? The guy got his arm stuck. You've never heard of that? It's the movie where the guy cuts his arm off because he got stuck in a boulder. Way to spoil the movie. See, if you know anything about 127 hours, it's that. Yeah, like that, there's one thing to know about that movie. It's that he cuts off his arm. It's a true story. It happened like 20 years ago. Like you had the time. Also, you don't know if he lived or died. You don't know how it ends. But then how would anybody know his story if he didn't survive? Maybe he did audio tapes or wrote it down. Like In the behind the scenes, they actually reveal he fashioned this other arm into a ham radio. So. Oh, my God. oh, oh. That, that makes sense. I mean, it was 127 hours. That's like a lot of time. So like. <laughs> Vince Perito. Jeff Boulder Chambers, big burly heartthrob. Being a heartthrob, he has had plenty of people trying to, you know, gain his love. <laughs> What most people don't know is he's only been on three dates and <gasps> all have failed. One, because he was too big. The second, because he didn't like steak. And the third, they were allergic to dogs. Ooh, oh that's unfortunate. Yeah. What, is he, what do you mean by he was too big? <laughs> I know, that's, you can't just leave that vague. Take it, take it any way you want. That's what they said. And then they're like, whoa, actually? Oh my God, why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, today we also have a very wonderful guest who we will meet in just a moment. But first, let's do a little recap of what happened last time. Last time you awoke on the airship to Jet panicking about him growing what looked to be claws along with the white skin along his arm and back continued spreading further. You tested his skin and decided it may be smart to stop the Temple of the Moon Goddesses in Faramore. Blueberry filled in Sebastian about the Harbinger being some sort of monster or demon, and trying to make him unable to run away. Chasing Sebastian around with terrifying creatures, Eldritch Blasts, and bear hugs, you found out quickly that Sebastian was indeed not incapable of running away. You decided to land the airship behind the graveyard outside of Eagle Hill, and to stop by Fables quickly. You first spoke with a woman in the graveyard who was mourning at the gravestone of Darian Swelton. Jet convinced her to leave so you all could do some shopping. You got some great new magic items and found out that Desiderius' staff is indeed cursed, but Jet's skin and claws are not. You left with your items, made your way to Faramore, where there was a turtle man waiting outside the university with a magistrate bandana on. You told him all your student names and were able to go see Matthias as well as Commodore Fulton. A tense conversation in the office later, Matthias dropped a hint that his boat had been stolen. Fulton analyzed every word you said and put a magic detecting box on the table as you spoke to Matthias. You found out the university is no longer a magic university, instead it will be a normal, more prosperous university. You will be helping him change it into one. He ushered you out to get your new classes, and you met up with Finn and were pushed into taking the magic of woodworking and carpentry. You headed up to the classroom to go meet the teacher, as he was to be there that day and would love to meet any new students. Xander used his new magic ring on the door, only to hear from the other side, a man's voice in his head, scolding him for using magic with the magistrate so close. Now you are standing outside the door to this classroom. Xander, you're still holding up the ring to the door. And so the scene is set. The question is, what will you do next? Uh, uh, what did you see? I'm dropping the ring and scrambling on the ground to grab it. Oh my god, what did you see? What was in there? Teacher yelled at me. What? What? 
teacher. The teacher yelled at me. And he's just like hanging his head. No one said anything. You know, I mean, you know how like we can like speak to each other and like, like my thumbs in our heads and stuff like he sometimes. So he did that to me and he yelled at me and I don't like that. You don't like being scolded. It's something about teachers, dog. Like obviously like fuck authority and like ACAB and all that. But like <laughs> teachers, man, something about them. Like they're just doing their job and I'm, I don't, I'm just being a shithead, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Cops. Totally fine, but teachers, that's where you flip the switch? Well, I never been, nobody ever been shot at by a teacher as far as I know. Are you saying you've been shot at by a cop? Anyway, we don't do magic, right? And so that's that we're just here to learn carpentry. Everyone, let's go in. Uh Uh-huh. And the inside of the classroom is large. It's a corner room. It's kind of L-shaped. When inside, you see all the tables around. They kind of don't seem to fit where they currently are placed. They are definitely, like, newly moved to a new orientation. There's a big stack of chairs in the corner, far more than are currently set up, along with extra tables. They just don't have a good place for them right now. The area is very open throughout. There's large walkways between the seats and desks. And there are these makeshift vices placed on many of the different work areas. There are different cutting materials, like hand saws, axes, and chisels placed around... Currently, there is the majority of an entire tree trunk in the center of the room laying on its side. It's about six foot in diameter and 20 foot long, propped up onto some stands. It is completely stripped of all of its bark, and a large hole looks like it's being slowly burned into the side of the log from the top. Next to it is a pair of wooden paddles. In this room is a singular man. Marcus, would you like to describe your character? Yes, before you, you see a wizened, frail old man, seemingly in his centuries, at least plus two, long white beard, long frail frizzy hair, hiding beneath a rather ramshackle old cloak and hobbling on a staff, standing right next to the colossal tree that is just on its side and having the hole slowly burned into it. As he turns his head towards the door, and speaks with a surprisingly deep voice. New students, are you? Yes, sorry, sir. Kinda. New students to this class. You're ten minutes late. Take your seats, or take your standing desk. He's clearly upset. Is, uh, I don't even know that we're necessarily signed up yet. Um, there's, there's class today? Right now? That is why I'm saying you're ten minutes late. I didn't think we were actually doing wood carving. I'm gonna close the classroom door. I'll go stand over by the log. I'll go stand at a desk, head down. <laughs> I'm gonna stand near <laughs> near Xander. So Sebastian and Xander and Blueberry are all in the classroom. I- I'll follow Sebastian right over to the log. It's a good piece of wood. Very well. As the old man just hobbles next to the giant piece of wood. Today we're going to be slowly taking apart this monstrosity with our hands, and not with any sort of improper magics. Now pick up your chisels, everyone. Uh, okay, but like, you you see us, right? Like, okay, don't mind Jet, but like, you see the rest of us? Like, how are we going to rip this apart with our hands? That's a very good question, and I wish they'd ask me the same question before I change my character. We'll figure it out. Okay. You, muscle one. He points at Jet. Yes, sir. 
What's the biggest thing you've ever lifted? Uh, I've lifted a big old, uh, I don't know, like big rock. Uh, I pick, I pick this thing up and I'll hold up my, my Warhammer. Damn it, I was hoping you had a sword. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, don't you on your back jet or somewhere? Don't you have a great sword? Oh yeah, he does. Oh yeah. wait, I do have a sword. From Adwolf. Yeah. You <laughs> teach her trying not to be bothered by the the paladin with an abundance of swords, apparently, <laughs> in his classroom, uh, gestures at the tree and says, well, go ahead, take your best swing. Um, with what? With one of your abundance of swords, young man. Yes, sir. I grab the sword off my back and I, I walk over, <laughs> kind of shaking a little bit. So that is a nine to hit. It's a stationary object, does that <laughs> You are able to make really good contact. The bark is already stripped off this wood, so it's at least a little bit easier to hit through. It's like biting into something that doesn't have a shell on it. So you come down with your sword. Big gash goes into this chunk of wood. Blueberry flinches. <laughs> I'm sorry, Blue. I uh, pull my sword down, I stand up straight, and I look at the professor. Good? Bad? Uh, grade me? Was he chopping against or with the grain? Ooh. Jet, give me a nature roll. Oh, come on, man. I found a use for nature rolls. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> I got negative one on nature, man. Come on. Hey, nat 20. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, I can't describe it because I don't know, but he knew how to cut. <laughs> a hit, a fine hit. Now then. I'll show you how to improve your weapon. What, do you want this one? The, yeah, okay, here, here. As the old man picks up the sword with a surprising amount of strength and takes a swing himself. My lucky die. <laughs> um, what's my strength? Oh, my, oh, strength mod minus one. Uh, 19. Wait, was that another nat 20? Yes, it was another nat 20. <laughs> oh, beautiful. You're able to not only hit this tree, you hit right in the gash that Jet had already started. You hear this beautiful crunch. <laughs> Following that impressive, impressive display, the teacher hands back Jet's sword, lightly hands it to him, and grunts before walking over to the piece of wood touching his staff to it and saying, this, this is what we fashion today. Today we learn the finer arts of making a dovetail, the one joint that I know in woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> As now, everyone, we're going to gather around here. Each of you is going to take an equidistant part, an equal part of this fine piece of wood as helpfully cut by our new, if late, student. And we're going to learn the finer points of woodworking. Is that agreeable to everyone in this room? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, sir. I suppose so. Uh -huh. Blue, are you okay with this? I'm looking around the room. Are there like a bunch of other student standing areas or whatever that seem to be empty? There are no other students here, but yes, there are other areas to like stand. Other workbench type areas that don't have wood on them or anything like that. I'm fine. I just... I'm not sure what's what we're doing. We're the only ones in this class. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but like, this is where we were told to go. Guys, stop talking. He's going to get mad again. I'm kind of into it. Told by whom? He can hear you. Oh, shit. Um, well, Finn, 
signed us up. Uh, Matthias was the one who told us to go see Finn, so I guess they're in cahoots. In cahoots with regards to what? I wish I could tell you. Why are all of you here? I thought we were just coming in to meet you. Um, but I, I guess there's a class, but if there's a, we're the only ones in this class, I don't, um, so you were expecting a class and not, like, just, just meeting students? Students, in air quotes? Friends of Matthias. Friends of Matthias. Right. Matthias was privately tutoring us until he became so busy with, you know, rebranding. Well then. And you're here to help us get our mutual friend back. Yes? Uh-huh. <gasps> yes, sir. The canoe. The, the boat. The boat, yes. No inclination where the man might be. I suspect if we want to progress any further, we'll have to get on one of the magistrate's ships. And if we're going to do that, you all are going to need a rather stealthy approach. Oh, we're not good at that. <laughs> uh, hey, how should we address you, by the way? Right, what's your name? <laughs> Hi. Unless you don't have one of those chalkboards that, like, all teachers have. Uh, Blueberry says as she's been homeschooled her whole life, so only knows, like, school <laughs> from movies and stuff. Well, no, until now, I used a rather little help for familiar named Garrett, but no, that's been outlawed as well. My name is Dr. Grawl Fallwolf. Grawl? Grawl? Dr. Grawl Fallwolf. Like Dave Grawl of the Foo Fighters. That's, that's, that's Grohl, dude. With the bloody hell of the Foo Fighters. The military group back home. Do you know who Dave Grohl is, dude? They were, they did music. Yeah. Who's a fan of the French horn myself? Who, what do they play? This? And I pull out Daisy by acoustic guitar. Is it acoustic guitar? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's an electric acoustic guitar. Taking off the tangent, uh, Dr. Grohl just... Yes, I can tell none of you are particularly predisposed to stealth. Hmm. I'm, I have means of improving that, but, you know, we still only have our... Our, our basic um, skills are not, in general, great, but I, I can help dampen our, our path. I can make some people invisible. Invisibility is useful. I can myself. Oh! So there we go. That's that covers all our bases. You saying that we can use some magic now? Not within this building. I I can transform. Um but I I already did it all my times today, so I can't. But normally that would make me more stealthy and hard to notice, but I kind of already did it today. Hmm. We've been traveling for quite a bit. We might want to just take a sec. Hmm. Did we sleep on the ship? But actually, if you guys are doing fine, like I just need like an hour, and if we could just, we're just sitting here and talking, like, I should be fine. Did you transform? Oh, right. You chased me, Blueberry. Yeah, exactly. That's why you're out. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say we just slept. Chased you for what? I was an unstoppable killing machine. No, no, we needed to show that he isn't. Yeah, sadly, we came to find that I am not. He's still a little scaredy baby. Nod. Strange and never mind. An hour? Yeah. But I feel like we should be, you know, 
planning and stuff, so we don't want to rush in anyways. Yeah, let's just have class. Yeah, let's let's do our little class real quick. If you want to take a swing at that, you're more than welcome. Never particularly predisposed to woodworking myself. Do you guys think that they took over the lighthouse yet? If if we have to go to the docks and uh, Dr. Grawl thinks that's where Kanu might be, what if we went to the lighthouse and kind of scoped it out from there if it's still abandoned? And then Blueberry can chill. We can kind of get a lay of the land. Maybe even Kanu's in the lighthouse. He was the one who was supposed to be watching over it. But what if there's magistrate there? We could just do a quick walk by. Mm, I mean, that's risky. Last I heard, the magistrate's bloody goons had taken it over. Dang it! No rush to find myself at the gallows. <sighs> I, I vote that we just, like, hang out here, have quote-unquote class, just chill for a little bit. Also, we didn't really introduce ourselves, um, sir. I, I'm Xander, Mr. Teacher, sir. Dr. Teacher, sir! Y yes, Dr. Teacher, sir. Worked bloody hard for that degree. Sebastian. We got Jet, our big boy. Hey, hi. And that's Blueberry. Hi. Who has definitely been to school before. Uh-huh. So, wait, you, you said you're a doctor? What kind of doctor are you? Like a, a person doctor? An animal doctor? Like a... Got my degree from the Academy of Divination. Inscribed my thesis on the temporal theological implications of divination magics and their causality effects on the space-time continuum. Oh, God, that uh, was what? a lot. You know, I read about that, actually. I, I, I saw that one. Oh, did you? So what are your thoughts on the grandfather paradox as they relate to the possible existence of polytheistic deities? I fully agree. I think it's very possible that there are multiple deities and that they all land within an area in which they are all affected by the things that we happen to manifest here on this ethereal plane. Can I make an insight check on that? <laughs> Dirty 20. Can I roll deception? Yeah, you can roll deception, actually. Uh, 23 on deception? Oh, shit. Ooh. Been a while since any of my students could keep up with advanced research. Well done. Thank you, sir. That's my specialty, is, is advanced research. Is it? Yeah, it's usually more... In more in like the the outer realms, like what's out there versus what's in here, you know? Do you mean across the material planes? Sure, yeah. So, hey, Doc, are you like the kind of Doc who could doctor up something about this and I pull my glove off and show him my hand? Kind of woke up this morning and they, they've been like this and I feel kind of okay. I'm kind of warm. Uh, I don't know if I have a temperature or not. Would I have any way of knowing what this is? Give me a medicine check. Not very good at that. And I'm very not good at that. Three. Fuck! Nice. Some kind of external necrosis, perhaps. I'm not sure. Necrosis? Degree is in divination, not medication. That sounds bad. All of a sudden, you hear a knock on the door. Do you hear that? All of you, behind the desks. No. Oh. Oh. Pl places, everyone. Places. The professor shambles and says, yes! Opening the door, you see Finn. Hey, hey, uh, doctor, here. Hands you a little envelope. Can't wait for class tomorrow, as he just backs out and closes the door. You open it up. You see that it is a recount. Some of their students have been doing reconnaissance on the magistrate. It seems to be that most of the magistrate 
is living on a secondary boat rather than the largest one that's there. It looks like mostly the officers are on the largest boat. And it looks like a lot of people have been going in and out of that large boat as well as large boxes. They've noticed that a lot of the boxes going in and off of the large boat have holes in them. Hmm. New developments. There's a boat offshore full of magistrate officials. Been transporting large boxes with air holes in them. Are, are they transporting people? Stands to reason. God, I hope not. It seems like the docks are our best bet. The magistrate's troops tend to move by night. Should hit them at the first light. What time of day is it right now? Early morning. You know two things about the docks. Actually, this is probably even in that little recount. They have pretty light security during the day. There's always one officer on horseback that is trotting back and forth on the docks. At nighttime, a lot more magistrate are out, but most of them completely drunk. There's a lot more people there, but they're incapacitated almost. Well, it appears we have our choice of approach. We could approach by day, and there's fewer magistrate in general. We could approach by night, and there's a lot more, and most of them are drunk. I think less of them is better. And if we can get in in the day, we can all go invisible. Really, we would only need to go at night if we needed to be sneaky, but I think we have ways around that. Can we all just, you know, fit in the bag again? That's kind of risky. I don't know how long you guys will have air in there. What bag? We have a bag of holding. Like, all of us can fit inside this bag. Where did you get one of those? Found it. <laughs> Where did you find it, young man? In out in the uh in a magistrate barracks and near the Evergem, sir. Not a bad idea, but it won't be enough to get us past security. Plus, if we gotta get out, like that's a whole process. Like what if someone gets into it and then suddenly like we all have to crawl out one by one, we'll just be sitting ducks. If it comes down to it, we always have the option of having at least one person in there. Mm-hmm. Do we have any way of knowing what why they're bringing those boxes onto the ship, or just that they are. Give me an intelligence check. Good, because I have plus five. Not bad at all. That's a 19. The dimensions they gave you are like, okay, this could fit like a medium-sized creature. Takes multiple people to bring them in, or they're brought in on carts. You've been a professor here for a while, and you know that there was a point just a few weeks ago when there was slavers. The party stop that and put Kanu in charge of the lighthouse and now the magistrate has control of that lighthouse hmm I wonder what could they possibly be bringing aboard that boat are there more people missing two of my students have gone missing lately Torbeck and Maynard two promising young lads Maynard? Maynard yes Maynard good lad rather skilled in Necromancy. Skilled in necromancy? Displayed an aptitude for it was more like. Almost revived my dead rabbit one day. He been doing work. Damn. Yeah, he was not like that the last time we saw him. He's our boy from back home. He's a close friend of ours. Friend of yours. Well, then we have two reasons to get him back, don't we? Y you have any idea where he is? No, but I have a reason to believe, based on the information available here... Maybe aboard that magistrate's boat, along with my other student, Torbeck. 
and our mutual friend. So, how's about this? You four pose as newly captured slaves. <gasps> I shall take you aboard, using a guise, in one of the magistrate's many crates. We sneak aboard, we find our three fellows, and we leave. I'm a little worried. We've run into a few tussles with the um, magistrate, so I'm not sure who's going to be on that boat, but if anyone recognizes us, it could be bad. Could it, though? Because if they recognize us, isn't that more reason for them to bring us onto the boat? Yeah, but then they might go from, oh, you can't go to normal slave room. You have to go to super crazy, super high security investigation room. I mean, it's it's a boat. How how many extra rooms are they going to have for prisoners, you know? I don't think they'll have a separate part of the boat just for us. Can't say I'm ever familiar with a boat that has a supermax brig. That's exactly my point. I don't know. I think Blueberry's only ever been on yachts, bro. Oh, they definitely got super prisons on yachts. I've been on Cloud's ship, and then we took that little boat with that family to get to Burndarium. I've been on other boats, okay? I'm just like you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most Hannah Montana right. thing you've ever said, Blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll it back, princess. Like, settle down. We're... <laughs> Is, is this plan agreeable to all of you? I mean, I'm in. It's not my first time in a crate. Sure, it would probably take a lot less magic, so... Uh, but would you mind if I don't be in a crate? I'm a little claustrophobic. I'll go invisible. Don't worry about me. I'll just stick close by. I don't know if we have crates. I think he's just gonna have us. Oh, he's not shoving us in crates? Do we have crates? Do we have crates, Grawl? How hard can it be to find a box and punch some holes in it? Oh yeah, we are in a wood woodshop class. We could just make a crate, right? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> B- Blueberry, go you need in an hour anyway. We'll we'll make a crate in the meantime, I guess. Okay. You wanna go hang? Just gonna go sit in the corner and play with my little I have a ferret and he's just running around my shoulders and running up on trees that are not being chopped and stuff. Namora is going to uh sit on Grawl's shoulder and, like, fiddle with his beard. Invisible at first. But <laughs> Sorry, who is Nomura? It's my friend. He's a little fiend. He's, like, sitting on his shoulder and, like, reaching down to, like, play with the beard. The first thing you feel is something land on your shoulder. So, how do I describe this? Um, Nomura doesn't have anything physical to grab onto. What now? Mm. What? That's why he's kind of struggling. I can hear him in my head. What? What? Beard. Nomura, get off of him. Does Nomura speak any other languages? He can understand abyssal and common. He can understand languages, but he doesn't speak. Then I will speak to him in abyssal because I speak abyssal. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh. Don't tell them. Xander, if that if that was Italian back at the Grove, was that French? What the heck just came out of his mouth? Dude, I don't know. That was uh, that was like German. That was like backwards and That was kind of spooky sounding. Yeah. German is a scary language. Well, you've been practicing the magical arts for as long as I do. You pick up a few things. Impressive. Did he say something to you? Namora climbs up onto your shoulder, Xander, and then starts grabbing to where like if you had a beard it would be. Okay. Um anyway, 
so let's build a crate, boys. Halfway there. <laughs> wow. Together, if you guys are taking a certain amount of time to do this, you will just be able to make a crate. So do we want to make a large box so that all four of us could fit in there? How's it going to be moved? Wheels. I can manage. No, he can manage. Doc is strong. <sighs> but you can't use magic, right? Or the magistrate will be... I won't need to use magic. A, okay. A crate carrying all four of us at once? Three of us. I'm going invisible. Oh, I mean, I can. I think I should wild shape too, so maybe it's just two of you. You realize that being invisible carries a higher risk. You're right. I guess one of us could go into the bag, and then it's just one person in the crate. All four of you can get in the crate. I can manage. Doctor's orders, man. Let's just all get in the crate. Or this. And I go, hmm, and my leather jacket changes to a graduation gown. <laughs> I could just be like a student teacher. This was the first thing that came to mind. I'm so sorry. How is that helpful? Did he just cast a spell? He didn't cast a spell, but he did use a magic item. Okay, is there any effect to that? Nothing yet. <laughs> shit! Sebastian, we can't be doing that shit! It's just my jacket! I didn't- I'm not like- It doesn't matter, man! It's not natural! I'm not throwing thunder around! Imagine if you did that in front of them! I'm not gonna do it in front of them, that's why I'm in here! But we don't know what's gonna happen! Remember what happened in the bar? You made me smell nice, and then freaking I almost got murked? Fine! Can I turn it back at least? No, give it to me! But now I look like a dork! You are a dork! Do it outside! We will do it outside. Keep it as is for now. How long do we need to spend manufacturing this crate? I'm gonna- I'm gonna be a spider. I'll be invisible. The, the quicker we can get out of here, the better, I think. I think I should stay on, like, the doctor's heel or something, if- if he's comfortable with that. Fine with me. Very well, we'll fashion it for two. There is a crate made for two. It only takes two hours, so it's still about 2 p.m. And you have the crate in front of you. Is it done? Jet. Xander, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Hop in. Okay. I'm in. You got holes in this thing, right? We can breathe? Mm. Hand me your sword. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. With that, I just, like, jam a bunch of holes in the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was an afterthought, but you're able to stab through the wood a couple times. There wasn't, like, a drill in this whole workshop. Drills? What are they going to use the power of drill? There are hand crank drills. It's not only a fully electric thing. Come on, dog. Didn't your dad ever teach you anything? No! <laughs> not, not not you teach him. We don't know anything about his dad. I don't want to talk about that. Maybe if you did, then you'd know what a hand crank drill was. Maybe another day. Both of you in the crate. Crank that soldier boy. How do you guys plan on moving this crate? Fortunately, due to uh, one of my racial traits, I count as one size larger when determining anything that I can push or pull or lift. Sir? Uh, what? He just starts pushing. <laughs> that is impressive as hell. Did you see this like five foot five old man like drag this massive large size crate? <laughs> Good God. Don't skip on day. <laughs> <laughs> And you guys are heading towards the docks, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Then I'm going to wild shape into a little spider. And once we are outside, 
I will cast Disguise Self. When we get outside as well, I'm going to message to Pebbles to uh, follow behind at a distance. Hey, can you guys hear me? Blue? Can you guys hear me? I'm a spider. Blue? What? Yeah, remember? I got that ring. Oh, she got that ring. I got that ring so I could talk now. Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> cool. I'm crawling up to the little hole in the crate so you guys can hear me. You guys hear me, right? Oh, shit. Hi. Hi. Whoa. Why do I talk so? Why do I sound so weird? Fable did say that you would, like, take on their vocal cords. So remember she was like, if you're a bear, go talk like this. Oh. I didn't know spiders had vocal cords. I didn't. I don't think they do. Well, I guess this one does. Or maybe they just took yours and shrunk them. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the uh, doctor guy's angle. He's so strong. What the heck? Okay, bye. It's kind of scary. Bye, bye, Blue. By the way, the disguised self shape I've chosen has been one of the Mandistrate's uh, soldiers with like officer insignia. Oh, Doc, is now a good time for me to go invisible, or do you want me to wait till we get closer? Hmm. How long can your invisibility last? Uh, as long as I focus on it really hard. An hour? Um, might as well wait until we're closer. Okay. The first guard you see, cast it. You got it. Yo, change your jacket to a magistrate one. I'm wearing the magistrate. Kind of similar to what he disguised himself with, but just the top half. So you guys head out of the university make your way down that winding path. You see Sheldon, the turtle man, is still here. You guys are just able to walk right by. He doesn't even stop you guys. He's he's busy talking with some other people who are coming back into the university. Once you guys get towards the center of Faramore, while we're strolling and he's in magistrate gear and I'm in magistrate gear and he's just pushing, it's a long walk to the docks. I'm going to bring Daisy around. From behind Grawl, he's just huffing and puffing and pushing this crate, and he just hears a song start playing behind him. I've got another confession to make. (laughs) I'm your fool. Everyone's got their test to take. He scolded you. That's Dave Grawl. And you now have Bardic Inspiration (laughs) Crawl. Excellent. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I have a magic item where I can give advanced Bardic Inspiration. So I'm going to give you my advanced Bardic Inspiration so you can roll 2d8 and take the higher. Ah, nice. Thank you. It does take you guys a little bit longer than normal just to get down here because you are pulling heavy stuff. The dock area is a raised platform. It's built on the southeastern side of this island that Faramore sits on. It wraps around the island and it has a few main areas where there are rows of docks. As you start to approach, there is a small green area that has some well-kept bushes and flowers, and it has a sign that says Newport. The docks are currently pretty busy. There are a bunch of ships filled in the harbor, some anchored offshore waiting for their turn to dock. Some people are here currently taking off cargo and moving them to nearby warehouses to hold things. As you guys start walking down, Sebastian, you do see a magistrate ship. They have the big red sails with that black eye that looks like it's on fire. Okay, once I once I start seeing the sails in the air, I'll just snap my fingers and go invisible just myself. Mm, good. I'm right behind you. Oh, wait. Um... Jet or Xander, can one of you guys give Grawl your phone? Oh, uh, yeah, here. 
I'll sneak it through one of the holes. Just don't use all my minutes. Don't listen to anything that he's saying. I think it's called a sending stone. We can, like, speak in each other's minds. Sending stone? Ah, why, just say so. Just so we all have one. Hey, uh, Mr. Doctor, sir, uh, while I have you, where, where do you want, where do you want my dog? You might want to keep her back at home. Well, I got her, I got her back a little ways, just kind of watching from afar. <laughs> Has she been there the whole time? How is she going to fit on the ship? I, I don't know, I just thought maybe she'd be ne good to be nearby. Oh, bloody hell. Just have her sit, like, out in town. She'll get bunches of treats, all the pets. She could be, like, really far away from me, and, and she'd be, I could still talk to her, so... That will work. You're comfortable leaving her here. Yeah, yeah, wherever you want her. Very well. You might as well leave her somewhere safe here. You see off to the east, the docks end, and then there's like this beautiful hundred-foot stretch of beach. How about you let her run around over there? That That's a great spot. Hey, Pebbles, go play. Pebbles Beach Day. <laughs> Finally got our goddamn beach episode! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> So as you guys continue moving forward, decent amount of magistrate guards. There are some younger soldiers here who seem like they're sweeping up the area. It looks like a big broken glass pile that they're sweeping up. It looks mostly like beer bottles and mugs. There are two buildings across from the docks that you see. So there's two docks, one going to a large magistrate ship, one going to a slightly smaller magistrate ship. And just across from there, there are two buildings. Dr. Grawl, you would know this being from Faramore, but the others of you can start to see it as you move forward. One is a tavern called the Shark Fin. It has a sign above the entrance with the name and a large fin coming out the top like a shark swimming. Next door is an establishment known as Lunar Pleasantries. The door has a closed sign on it right now, but there are lights inside. And as you guys are coming up to this area, you can hear there are people moving around. And at least one of the people you can hear is very angry. Everyone but Dr. Grawl, you recognize the larger one. This is the same ship that boarded Jatobas when you first met Commodore Fulton. Oh. I'm sneaking away. I'm sneaking away really quickly, just running as a spider up to Lunar Pleasantries, and I want to try to eavesdrop. There are some windows open. It's a warm day. I just say, I'll be right back, and I just leave. Please come back quick. I use the sending stone and just say, where is she going? I don't know. She's never done this before. Your guess is as good as ours. Blueberry, where are you going? So, Blueberry, you are able to sneak off, get up, and into the windowsill. And you can see that there are two people in here. Small dwarven woman, who is currently just wearing a bandeau and bikini bottoms, but they're made of traditional fabrics. As well as another human woman here, red hair, bustled up. She looks like she's in the middle of putting on, like, a ton of makeup. She's got this corset on that's pushing her breasts up to make them look nice. She looks like she's half-dressed. There's dim lights, there's beds and pillows all around. This definitely looks like some sort of like high-end brothel. You can hear the younger dwarven woman. I can't, I just, I can't deal with them anymore. They're just, they're so obnoxious. They, I just can't stand it. I shouldn't be dancing on the docks. Let me dance in here where it's nice, okay? At least here I got food. At least here I got comfort and the, the security of knowing I'm not going to be thrown into the fucking ocean. Listen, I know they're not the most nice customers. They're not our usual clientele, but they're spending so much money here. They're keep, going to keep us open for so long, and we got to use it as much as we can right now. And they like to be on the docks, and that's where we're going to make the most money. 
the rest of you who are outside, you can see that in between these two docks, they have a somewhat small makeshift area that has a fire burning on it. These are stone docks, so it's not like they're scared of the docks going on fire. There are some magistrate guards sitting here right now. There's also one guard you see who is sitting here sipping wine with a tiefling on a bench. Okay, I'm running back to my friend. Blueberry, as you see this, you see that the tiefling is wearing very similar garb as the taller woman inside. It looks like she probably is also part of Lunar Pleasantries. I'm back. I'm back, guys. Sorry. Where did you go? I just, I wanted to see what they're arguing about. It's fine. What were they arguing about? Um, I think it's like a, a brothel and they're... The magistrate are shitty customers, but they're making them a lot of money, but they don't like working for them. Seems pretty standard practice for a brothel. Anything suspicious about them? No. We carry on. Um, and he just keeps pulling the box. So from where you are, you're coming in from the eastern side of these docks. To get to the main larger dock, you would have to pull the box through this area where you see this captain sitting with this tiefling, as well as some magistrate guards. And then on the dock itself is a mounted horseman. You can see he currently has his helmet off and he's wiping his brow, chatting with one of the guards near him. Hmm. And Dr. Garal's gonna just keep pulling the box and approach the larger ship. Hey, hey, Doc. Yes? If you need a last resort, say the word. Is your last resort going to be very damaging? Probably. Good man. I will. <laughs> I like him, guys. You always yell at me when I do shit like that. Sebastian, shut up. Just to be clear, it is a last resort. Last resort, yes, sir. Dr. Grawl, you're pulling the box behind you. Sebastian, you're invisible. How, how close are you following the box and Dr. Grawl? I would have been behind Doc as we're walking through, and then as we get closer to the bridge leading to the ships... Or like the docks itself, I would probably go to his right, so I'm I'm next to him. Sebastian and Blueberry, I want perception checks from you two as well as Doctor Grawl. Twenty six, baby! I got uh, lots of eyeballs. That could be better. That's eight. An eight. Oh, twinsies! I'm definitely looking at the red tiefling as we're going by. She's beautiful. She's sitting there with a cup of red wine. She doesn't seem to be sipping it. Blueberry, what you see is in front of this man, next to that wine barrel, is a small black box with a clear orb sitting there, filled with black smoke, white dots all around it. Oh no. Hey, 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 um, look over there to, um, uh, the west, question mark, they got one of those magic sensing orbs. What does that do? It says it's magic. Should we should, should we back out of the docks and rethink this, or is, is it pointing at us, Blueberry? I don't think so. Um. Then we press on and. Does it look like the guy's looking at it? Give me insight. Can I join that insight check? Yes. Seventeen. Thirteen. You see students all the time. You know who's flirting with who in the classroom. You can obviously tell this tiefling is just here. She keeps looking out towards the ocean. But this guy is 
very respectful. He is sitting just far enough away from her, like close so it's comfortable, but he's not touching her. He doesn't have his arm around her. He is asking her about her instead of talking about himself. He seems like he really is interested in what she's doing. Is he asking her about her poetry? (laughs) (laughs) She's very much not interested. He seems like he's enthralled. He has this flush face on him. Hey, hey guys. Does anyone besides Sebastian have like illusion magic that could just make the orb just look normal forever? Don't worry, I can. I could also just close it. They're gonna notice that. Maybe, but he hasn't noticed anything yet, so... Trust me, they won't. Okay. And it hasn't detected us yet. Not that you can see. You're still like 50, 60 feet away. All right, screw it. I am going to cast Mage Hand, and because I have the Metamagic Adept feat, I will use Subtle Spell so I can cast it without any somatic or verbal components. The box just closes. Because you're trying to do this sneaky, so why don't you give me an Arcana check with advantage? All right, good thing I have plus eight to Arcana. Damn! Damn. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, That is a 24. You can see him looking at the different strands in her hair as they fall down in front of her face and she pulls them to the side. You are walking five foot away from him and he doesn't even look up at you. The box is completely closed. You guys are able to get all the way over to those docks. You see that there is a man on horseback. Oh, what are you doing here? There's not supposed to be any shipments. Now that you're closer, he's closing his eyes real tight. He's almost gripping his head. Oh, that boy's hungover. I say through the sending stone. Dr. Girl rubs his eyes and says, Look, buddy, this shipment was supposed to get here last night. Don't ask me how. Uh, but, uh, Dave made... Uh, look, we just just get the damn thing on the boat before, before Sarge figures out that the thing is missing. Are you kidding me? Dave did... Dave fucking did it again, man. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see this because I'm invisible, but Sebastian is writing in his notebook right now. <laughs> Did you hear that Dave Dave went over last night? It went over last night? Yeah, he got... Oh, you know Charlie? Charlie hit him so hard he fell to the ground and Charlie was so drunk, grabbed his leg, whoop, into the water. Three people had to jump in. You know Dave's a, Dave's a heavy guy. Three, three people. I don't know Charlie did that. Charlie did that. We saw the good shit. They were trying this amazing tequila at the other bar down the street. You have no idea. How did I miss? Oh, God. I'm going to have to be here tonight to see this again. I'll tell Charlie he's got to do it again. All right. So, uh, yeah, if you want to just leave that box there, I I mean, I can can get some guys. We can bring it on board later. Fine. fine. I'll just... I'll just put it, I know where to put it so Sarge doesn't ask questions. Yeah, I'll just take it, you just, you keep doing your thing, you keep your guys at their post, I'll just, I'll get in, I'll get out, we'll, we'll have the whole thing. Done. I don't mind helping, man. Like, I, I got the horse, no, we can- it's, it's fine, man. Dude, how are you moving that thing? That's incredible. Don't skip on that. Come on. He leans down from the horse to get a little bit closer to you. Is there one or two of them in there? There's two of them. You're pulling two? I just said you don't skip all day! I bet there's only one of them in there, but I won't tell nobody. Just don't take too long. You got it, man. You got it. Bradshaw will take care of you. Bradshaw, right, right, right. 
Dr. Grohl just keeps pulling. Damn. I gotta get his routine. And you get this crate onto the deck of the ship. As we get to the top of the ship, why don't you roll me a d20, Marcus? Any idea for what? This is an encounter check, just to see how many people are on the top of the ship right now. Roll bad, please. Oh, actually, I'm actually going to use my divination ability, Portent. I rolled two d20s at the start of the game. I got two results, and I'm allowed to replace any die roll I make with one of those two numbers. Yo! Oh, interesting. One of the numbers I rolled was a five. So I'm going to take five. You see that there are four guards here. They're kind of just hanging around. Nothing too crazy. One of them is currently puking off the side of the edge into the sea. Two of the others are laughing at him. One of the others gets up. You want me to get the door for you? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Are you going to be able to get that downstairs? Yeah, yep, don't worry about it. Just, uh, I need, uh, you know what? I missed the last two days in the gym, man. I just got it. Good for the muscles. <laughs> this time, Anna, give me a d20 roll. <gasps> Eleven. There are just two guards here. You come down to what looks like an eatery. <sighs> he just puts down the crate and says, oh, I gotta bring this thing down to the, to the prisoner's cell. Oh. Where's, oh, where, where are they putting him again? Just keep going around. Keep going around. Keep going around. We're just a little box, right? Even Dr. Grawl's getting tired at this point. So you keep going down, and you see this is just like the back part of the ship. There is a door that opens up into a hallway here. Any guards in sight? You do see at the end of this hallway, there is a red couch that one of these guards is sitting on. He does look like he's actively looking down this hallway and checking on you. To the left, there are other openings. It looks like there are these curtained off areas. Very small curtains every few feet. He's the only one we can see. He's the only one you can see, and you hear some other people speaking. Doc, you hear in your head from the Sending Stone, do you want me to go first and see where to put things? It's probably best for it. Go ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll be right back walk down and peek in. Do I notice any of the the curtains? Are they open? Few of them are. Can I just peek my head in one to see what they're like? Very small. Not even 10 by 5. They are enough for a bedroll on the ground and a small little shelf to put some stuff. Okay. Kingsley or Kanu, I don't think would get a bed. I'm gonna keep going down past the living quarters. You walk up to this small room that opens up here. This is where the guard is sitting there watching. There's some bookcases here. There is a door that leads to the very, very front of the ship. And then off to your left, you see an area that is walled off by gates. And next to it, you can see a group of guards sitting at a table. Two guards and another person who's not really dressed in magistrate garb and they're playing a card game i don't recognize strange guy do i you do not recognize strange guy i'll message back to doc through the sending stone uh you're all good i'm sorry to say it's at the very very end of this hallway but 
You should be in the clear. There's some living quarters on your left. Uh, go down two hallways and then just keep trekking. There are one, two, three guards and kind of a mysterious looking fella here. But I think this is where you would drop off the prisoners. So we're looking at four people down here. Doc just grabs a crate and keeps on hauling. His point really freaking tired. Hey, what are you doing? There's no shipments today. I know, man. It's don't speak so loud. It's the shipment from last night. I had to get it here late. I just we dump the guys off and we get out of here. Yeah. Just drop it in front of the bars. I'll get Bradshaw to come get it. All right. And I use the sending send send a message. Listen, he's going to put you inside of the prison. I need you to get in there and tell me who is inside. I'll stay out here and play cards. Can you do that? Yeah. Blueberry, can you do that? I can't hear anything. She doesn't have a sending stone. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll relay it to her. I cast message to Blueberry. Hey, Blue? Oh, yeah. Are you in the crate still? No, I'm, I'm on Doctor's ankle. Oh. Okay. He is going to drop the crate in the prison and leave our friends there. Okay. Do you want to go in the crate with them or do you want to stay out here with us? You just got to be real careful if you stay out here with us. I stay out here. Okay, so just hang tight. Uh, Doc is going to drop Xander and Jet in the box in the prison and then we're going to hope that Connor's inside. Or Kingsley. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Then I'll pull the box right up to the uh, right up to the front. You pull the box right up to these bars, and you see that just beyond the bars is not a prison cell. It is a staircase going downward. Yeah, you could just you could just drop it right there. I'll have Bradshaw come up and get him. Okay. Let's see. Uh, you gonna put him with the us? Where else are we gonna put him? <laughs> you know. What you guys playing? Mmm, gambler. Occasionally, just you know, you got who doesn't need an extra few coins. Drop the box. I'll teach you how. Doctor Graw leaves the box. He's got a key on him. He undoes the gate. Hey, actually, you mind uh, moving it just uh, to the top of the stairs here? I don't think I can move this myself. Yeah, sure. Doctor Graw gives it a shove. Many thanks. And he just. Bangs on the side of the ship. Bradshaw, got a uh, got some live ones for you. Closes the gate back up and locks it. So you wanna play around? Sure. Take a seat. He takes a seat. This is again not a magistrate. He's not wearing any magistrate garb. He's just got this bandana going across his forehead, sweeping back his black long hair. He does a real quick shuffle of the cards and starts dealing with one hand while he flicks this small, thin skipping rock, twirling in between his knuckles back and forth. You hear from below some boots coming up the stairs. Hey, hey, Jet, do you, you got something that we can like pretend to be tied up with? Didn't you buy a chain? Oh, yeah, 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 but I only got one. Just tie us up together with the one. And then if we get into a thing, just say pork grinds and we go. Wait, okay, yeah, yeah, Which Which hand do you want? Take my left. Okay, I'll, I'll do my right. 
from just around the corner, you see this bald-headed man, not Magistrate Garbon. He's got an eye patch on one eye, but it is not like an eye patch. It almost looks like it's got a lens in it, only on the one eye. He has this big, fluffy black beard that is super unkempt. He's got these thick boots, and he comes up, and he looks out towards you, Dr. Grawl, as well as towards the others, and then kind of looks at the crate, confused? And you see he's got this hook on a chain that's coming from down below. Hooks it to a part of the crate. Double glances back at you before going back down the stairs. You slowly start to hear cranking. Xander and Jet, you feel the crate start down one step, down another step, as it keeps on coming down the staircase, being pulled by this chain, until finally you get to the bottom. It starts pulling it across the ground, and then all of a sudden you hear a crowbar come in and pop it open. And there's this man looking down at you. Not what I expected. Up. You are tied together by one handcuff. You can see in the basement of this ship. You are not in a prison cell. You are in some sort of storagey area. This place is full of boxes. They're all broken up. Things are cracked here, broken down there. Up. Xander, Xander, before we get up, is there only one of them? Uh, I can only see one. You think we take them? Or do we wait it out? Let's give it a second. Let's find out what's what's going on first, but be on guard. Say the word and I'm ready. You guys stand up in this crate. You see that this place is pretty much open other than one area off to your right that you can see does have a prison gate. You can see into it. You can see that there is a large Goliath man tied to a table. It is Kanu. You can see him just through the bars. The man in front of you looks at you. Not what I expected. And he pulls his fingers up and he does a loud whistle. Can we hear that? Give me perception. It's not very good. Um, 11. Oh, no, I have bardic inspiration. Can I still use that? You do indeed. 2d8s? 2d8, take the higher. Oh, yes, 19. You hear it just in between this shuffle of the deck. Xander and Jet, from the front of this ship, you see all of these broken down boxes and barrels. And they start to move. They start to writhe as a large pink beak comes out of this pile. Tentacles start down onto the ground and pulling themselves forward as these big orange-yellow eyes start moving towards you as the beak. And for today, that's a wrap. What the Come on, man! Come on! Poor Crines! Poor Crines! <laughs> 
Marcus, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Marcus. Thanks, Marcus. Yeah. Where can the people find you? What do you do? Thank you. My name is Marcus Territory on TikTok and all over the internet. I do a lot of weird shit, mostly law and bisexual content. I stream three times a week on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Marcus Territory. Support me on Patreon at Marcus Territory as well. And also I play D&D once, myself once a week uh, in the Bad Apples campaign on the World's Guild Twitch, where I am I am the most evil bard you can possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And he can make you look real nice if you go on his TikToks. Mm -hmm. Oh. Teach Thank us you. how to be slutty. Slutty Dad Summer. <laughs> <laughs> slutty Dad Summer. Slutty Dad Summer. Slutty Dad. Thank you all so much for listening. Catch us over next week on patreon.com slash cast party. We're going to do a behind the scenes. We're going to talk all about the show, all about the nitty gritty details. And then there's a giant monster in the basement. We're going to talk about all the little things that I can spoil over there. So go join us, patreon.com slash cast party. There's a bunch of other amazing content there. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. Marcus, we need a buy from you. Ready? Three, two, one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Man, I gotta get that guy's routine. He was so strong. He looked kinda like Saint E. Love, but Saint could never pull that much weight. Eric Five might be able to. However, he's a 10 foot tall rock of massive muscles. I would hope he could pull that much. Can you imagine someone like Ebab Flo trying to pull him out of the water? Not a chance. Got a better chance of War Torn Knight not pissing his cot at the end of the night. Jeski Fire keeps telling him, just go to the bathroom before you head to bed. I don't know. Ash is normally the one that's supposed to be watching him, but he's recently gotten into more of that new drug that's been sweeping the docks. Slang term is Jeff, or the milkman. Something about it will make your brain whiter than a gallon of milk? I don't understand what that means, but Sean Jesus says it's the best thing he's ever had after a sliced avocado in the morning. New York also won't partake, but I think that's more of a doesn't like to snort stuff. I have seen her burn a dub word or two. Lord Asselberg is normally good about not doing those dang drugs, but man, can he drink. I heard they had to ask the shark fin for a separate wine cask just for him. Eastwick tried to keep up with him last night, but no one has seen him since. Lady Lorax went out searching, but I heard she was seen at Lexi's bar and grill. She's been there just watching the most recent addition to the bar. I guess it's people bowling? Why would you ever want bowling in a tavern? Forerunner wouldn't stop talking about how excited he was for it to open. It just doesn't make sense.